Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a pretty full slate here on a Monday night to kick off this work week. Got 10 games in the NBA. In this one, we're taking a look at the Kangs playing host to the Suns after a little roadie for Sacramento there. We are also bringing you another game video and our player props video as we do each and every weekday of this regular season. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Also head to thelines.com. That's where we have our great written content for you guys all season long, as well as our odds finder tool where you can go ahead and make sure you're using that tool to shop those lines, get the best juice back available across those U.S. sportsbooks in the NBA this season. Nate, let's get into this 10-game slate and then talk Kangs and Suns. Yeah, big injury news to monitor in almost every game here as we start the work week. Uh, the Hawks are minus one at the Sixers. Joel Embiid has a chance to return in that one. A game we break down, pretty clear who's playing. Uh, Wolves plus one at the Wizards, total of 227 there. Hornets plus 10 at the Celtics, who probably will get Jason Tatum back after he rested yesterday. Cavs are plus two and a half at Raptors. Pascal Siakam could be eyeing his return there. Magic plus 10 at the Nets. Thunder plus six at the Pelicans. We'll see if CJ McCollum's back. Rockets are plus 11 in Denver. Bulls plus two at the Reeling Jazz. The Pacers are plus three at the Lakers, who list both LeBron and AD as game time decisions right now. And then we get to our game right here. Suns minus one at the Kings. Total of 232.5, fluctuating a little bit, but understandably high total given the fact that the, the Suns, the last time they were on the road, played an absolutely insane shootout in Utah. Then they went ahead and won four straight at home. Uh, much lower scoring team at home from what we've seen. They have gone over. Now, in uh, two of their last uh, three of their last four roadies, the exception being at Orlando in just an ugly loss right after they lost Chris Paul, basically. Um, I mean, the beauty of uh, betting and, and, and this show, Josh, is that we're able to just change gears. We've been riding the Kangs for a while now. Um, I mean, we were on them in that Hawks and game. They, they pulled through against the Grizzlies game, but you started to see some things crack at the seams, right? As they almost yeah. coughed the game up in the fourth quarter. And then in their next two fourth quarters against the, at the Celtics and Hawks, you know, at the end of a long road trip on the East coast, it's tough, especially for a young team. Uh, yeah. They were just crushed in those fourth quarters, negative 15 net rating, offensive rating dropped to 81. Uh, their true shooting percentage was the second worst in the fourth quarter of those last two. And they somehow lost to Atlanta, which has the worst true shooting in their last two fourth quarters. Um, and now you face the Suns team that was historically clutch last year. That isn't quite on par with that with CP3 out the last couple weeks, but still impressive 122 offensive rating in the fourth recently uh, and shooting true shooting up at 57%. Uh, and the matchup is is good for Phoenix, right? Because you have Mikael Bridges to deploy on Fox um, in his last three at Sacramento. Mikael's playing over 40 minutes per game. Uh, the team has a 104 defensive rating. They're scoring 117. Phoenix has won all four, all three of those games. In the last trip, in particular, held De'Aaron Fox to a 93 offensive rating five assists to five turnovers. And he obviously is the engine here for Sacramento, even more so than he was in those last couple meetings when they had Halliburton, right? They have no 
alternative um, playmaker. I mean, Sabonis is that, but DeAndre Ayton's also playing very well without Chris Paul. Um, and I think the Suns have an advantage down low there. The biggest thing is what Sacramento gives up, right, is not not a lot of fast break points, but a ton of points in the paint, poor half-court defense, um, mid-range shots, like exactly what Phoenix wants to get, even though they don't have Paul to, to get those mid-range shots, still have Devin Booker as an absolute assassin. They still have Campaign, who's keeping them on schedule, uh, very much an effective point guard and one of the best replacements you can find in the league. And and they have Mikel Bridges, who's taking a step up offensively as well. Uh, I think their ability to guard the three-point line will be key here because that's what Sacramento's been depending on a lot to light it up. Uh, I know you're kind of leaning the over, and I don't, I don't hate that given the way Sacramento's played, but... I'm just kind of waiting to see how they respond from from the from the end the way that road trip ended for Sacramento, where their offense just hit the tank down the stretch. Can they bounce back and get back to where they were before they left uh, the Golden State and they were lighting it up? Uh, or, but you know, for me, I'm I'm just trying to change gears. Like I said, take the Suns at basically no spread against a team that's been like a little brother and in and, and a spot where I think that they. They will have their antennae up uh, because Sacramento has been so successful lately. And the Kings have already kind of emotionally exhausted themselves getting up for those road games um, during that seven game win streak. Yeah, I mean, and that's probably what happened. They ran out of juice for sure. As you mentioned, tough to to play in Memphis where they really expended a, a ton of energy making sure they didn't lose that game after being up double digits. Uh, the Hawks wasn't much of a game. I mean, they were in it for a bit, but the Hawks kind of held them at bay by about double digits for most of that game. And then the Seas just put it on them uh, as we kind of all expected, or at least I think I know I expected um, as they were finishing that road trip. Now they haven't played since since Friday, and that helps a ton to, to take those two days off for them to come back home and feel refreshed and I'm not banking on them beating the Suns by any means. I would lean towards the Suns in this particular case as well. It, it is a pretty stark home road um, split for for the Kings this season, and that's really what I'm banking on when I go into my my feelings about the over. Um, you, you know, you look at the the home road splits for them right now, and and that's really indicative. Like the the recent three game road trip and the previous six games that they won at home are all very much the exactly just the reason that these stats that I'm about to read to you are what they are, right? So it's the last, you know, in, in the last two that uh, after their seven game win streak, they lose their, the, everything kind of drops for them a bit, but it's, it's, on the road in general, what they've done this season is score seven less points. Their uh, their home road splits in terms of their shooting, they're fifty two percent, forty percent from fifty two percent from the field, forty percent from three at home. That's absurd as a team in general, right? Especially at home through that many games, forty five percent from the field and thirty two percent from three on the road, right? And that's what you just saw happen in those last two road games. Their defensive rating at home is actually worse, probably because they're playing a little bit uh, slower at home, uh, and they're also just continuing to. Just just go, go, go uh, in terms of their, 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 not just the pace, but the, the freneticism with which they're playing at home is get the ball, get points off of turnovers, get points in transition. Um, but their D rating is 
118 at home. Their pace is uh, about 102, which is slightly slower than on the on the road, but like it's still you know blistering fast. So um, they allow the second highest field goal percentage on twos in general. Um, they, they Phoenix shoots the sixth most you know field goal attempts from two, uh, like fourth in terms of their their two point from mid range. As we know, that's what they do as well, um, with, especially when Chris Paul is in there. But Book's been doing plenty of that. Uh, they are tenth in opponent three point percentage right now, but Phoenix shoots the eighth fewest, so that's not really where they're going to be stopped. However, at home, uh, uh, the uh, the Kangs allow 41% to their opponents from three, good for second worst at home specifically. That's pretty much worst on the season, wherever you are. Um, and then, yeah, the, the overs hit at home, uh, five and three, uh, basically five and, uh, excuse me, six and two, or I'm sorry, six and three to the over at home, covering by about 10 points a game against that total. Their last six at home, thanks to uh, what that one game where they scored 153 against the uh, Nets have gone over by 18 and a half points to the over totals that have been given them. And by the way, only one of those totals was under 230 points. So it's not like they were getting 228 point totals and hitting the over. They were getting 233, 232, and their games were hitting 245, 250, or in the case of that Brooklyn game, 278 or whatever. So like, it just, it it seems like it's a big enough sample size that we know they're going to continue to play a certain type of way at home. Um, And this is the one situation, the reason I'm not really going to put any money on the Suns, this is the one situation this season that the Suns are not good. Uh, one and four against the spread when they're the away favorite. The, Sa- the Kings are four and one as home dogs. Not much of a spread here. You can pretty much make this a pick at minus one for the Suns. But, you know, the Suns minus three uh, to the, to, uh, in terms of their margin of victory. They're, they're minus three in those five away games I mentioned. Minus six uh, to the, against the spread. So they're failing to cover by six points. They're losing by an average of three. It's just a, it's a specific situation. Five games to, to go on that sample size. I'm not using it to say I'm betting on the Kings. I'm just using it to say I'm not betting on the Suns. And I do feel better about a 233 total, which sounds high for anybody not named the Sacramento Kings at home. I will. I mean, but you're not talking about a spread here. Like anything about the spread, we should just talk about straight up. The Suns are 27 True. and 12 straight up and 17 and 8 with a rest disadvantage. Uh, in their last, you know, since last season, the rest advantage numbers are massive. So, I mean, the fact that they are at a one day disadvantage here is a bit of a reason for pause. But I mean, all the talk about the over two, I would be concerned. Just division games is their lowest uh, percentage of going over. It's they're 15 and five to the under since last year when they play these division games, but are 14 and six straight up. Winning by an average of six points per game, that's not often good enough to cover the spread when they are rolling, but it has been lately. Uh, Interestingly enough, their last division loss was against Sacramento, but that was in April after they had clinched the entire thing. So, Yeah, nobody played. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think that they have more advantages on the defensive side of the ball here due to the Suns um, in terms of Torrey Craig playing a lot. In terms of Mikael Bridges, they have switchable guys who can get out there, deny sacks, three-point shooters. I mean, you have an individual guy who can hang with Fox, which is not usually the case. You also have Aiden, who who guards Sabonis well. Um, so I think their path to victory is probably an under here. I think if you wanted to go with a correlation play, it would be Suns and under. Maybe if you wanted to go with the Kings here to bounce back with that extra rest, it would be Kings and over. Uh, but I personally, yeah. would yeah, lean towards the Suns, uh, showing that they're you know more legit contenders and doing the big brother, little brother thing that we see in the division sometimes. And 
winning this game somewhere in the uh, you know 100 to 110 range as as they've done in their last few trips to Sacramento. Um, they've scored 117 and still getting those wins. And um, yeah, I think that they they do have the ability to do that here tonight. Well, it's funny you say that. If they score 117 in this game and win by one point, then everything pushes. <laughs> 233 <laughs> and a minus one spread. So if if they, it's 117, 116, then this whole video was moot. Um, but I do I, I I agree with you that I lean Phoenix. I just don't lean it hard enough to bet it. I do feel better about that 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 total. Um, a couple of things just to add to you. I mean, yeah, po- points in the paint. Go ahead and you know give that to uh, the Suns. At least their ability to defend it, their ability to defend that, their ability to to you know. Um, Limit points off of turnovers. Number one in that. Limit second chance points for their uh, opponents. I, when Aiton's in, they, you know they have a solid um, interior presence. And as you said, I love that the, the the lineups that they put in without Chris Paul are working, and they don't even have Jay Crowder again, which we've talked about all season. And we probably should stop talking about because he's probably not coming back at all. Um, but Tory Craig's coming in and playing that Jay Crowder role since you know in their in their last uh, roughly well basically since CP3 went out, um, they're starting Booker, Aiton, Payne, Bridges, and Craig. They're getting all the minutes. Um, and, and their net rating is plus 12 as well uh, in that time frame, 106 defensive rating, playing at 103 pace and still really playing at that solid defensive rating, um, getting a ton of assists, getting a ton of rebounds. So as you mentioned, they're big in pretty much every position except for campaign at point guard. Everywhere else, they pretty much have a size advantage or strength advantage or both. Um, and so, you know, that that is a place where Sacramento will continue to struggle. They don't have a bench and they don't have a backup big. And that's a huge problem for Sacramento that they need to fix right now as that bench for Phoenix has had the second net best net rating like I just talked about all their starters but their bench still has had the second best net rating since CP3 went out as well the Kangs down to about 16th or so when that second unit comes in and their interior presence just just proceeds dissipates is gone is the word I'm trying to find when their their second unit comes in Rashawn Holmes uh sort of an afterthought this season after getting a bunch of big minutes last season so it's a little bit different now for the Kangs who cannot be depended on to, to defend down low or score from there especially when that bench unit comes in and DeMontis isn't in there. So look, the Wolves right now, it's a pick them at some spots or plus one. Doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I think you can just take the money line here at about even money for the Wolves. And I'm trying to get ahead of the curve in terms of this is a talented team that's expected to compete in the West. And they've obviously come out sputtering, uh, trying to figure out the chemistry with Rudy Gobert and Kat and, and Anthony Edwards, apparently not just coming into the season with the same shape that he was last year, but he started to get hot. I mean, they definitely got on track with five straight wins. Then of course their last game, you get an absolute beatdown in golden state, which is red hot again. Josh loves to see that uh, 47 points in the first quarter. That's exactly the type of like whooping a young team will take and then turn around with a renewed focus on the defensive end. Right. I mean, you, you give up that kind of assist rate, to the Warriors, you look at their previous game, they give up 60 paint points to Charlotte um, and, and lose the rebounding battle by 10. It's like, how are you losing rebounding when you have Rudy Gobert grabbing 17 for you and you have Cat at power forward who should be outsizing anyone? But it's just an effort thing, right? But Washington yeah. is not strong down low. I mean, they, they started pretty good like last season. They've really regressed uh, recently. I mean, their the rebounding rate is the eighth worst in the league over the last five. Um, right now, their defensive rating has dipped in that last five to one fourteen. Um, offensively, not not great either. Thirty three percent from the perimeter, which is 
you know, where Minnesota struggles. They allow the most three-pointers per game. Also, Minnesota allows the 10th most fast break points. Washington gets the second fewest. They're giving up a huge assist to field goal ratio, but Washington is not the Golden State Warriors. Um, so Minnesota's advantage is still down low. They're both seventh in paint points scored and allowed. They have Rudy Gobert, of course. Uh, they have Cat, who who should figure out how to play alongside him sooner rather than later. And you look in their last six, I mean, even, even taking those last two losses, they have the fifth best defensive rating right now. Uh, the biggest issue is turnovers for a young team, fifth highest turnover rate. But again, Washington doesn't force turnovers. They're 29th in turnovers forced on the other end of the floor. Um, Kyle Kuzma is playing through a back injury that apparently has hurt his defense even more. And the team had a 140 defensive rating in their last one out here against Boston, a third straight loss for Washington. That's without MVP candidate Jason Tatum. And the last thing I got to touch on here is the clutch numbers. So like if it's a pickup spread, we're expecting a close game. Uh, Both teams looking to bounce back and Minnesota in their last five in the clutch has a 62 defensive rating. It just great stuff when you have Gobert back there, who is a clutch defender. They're plus 18. And Washington, in their last five, has a 76 offensive rating, which is putrid. And they're negative 23 in those games, uh, negative eight on the season in the clutch, whereas Minnesota's plus three and a half. So I see this one being kind of close. Actually lean a little bit to the under just because of the way Washington plays and it's 227 is a little high. Minnesota's not been lighting it up like last year. Uh, but if it's a close game and if it's a defensive game, I'm taking the team that has Rudy Gobert uh, at the back line there to, to shore things up. Yes, sir. Yep. And this is to me, I'm, I'm kind of leaning total on both these. I hate betting on or against Washington, by the way. It's like one of the couple teams that I feel like I'm wrong every single time. And it is also in part because it's a team to me that is the definition of fucking coin flip, right? They're like fifth, they're 500 at everything. They're 10 and 10 on the season, right? They, they don't win more or less necessarily at home. The only sort of trend I can find is they don't score. Uh, they don't score. They're not very, they're, they're much more of a defensive team this season than they've been. Their identity is more defensive. doesn't mean they're a solid defensive team. It just means they're better at defense than they are against it. They are limiting points in the paint more so than anywhere else that they limit points this season. Um, but they, man, like, yeah, they, they, they can't really score from the paint. They can't do much. Um, and, and this is a situation where I, I go under uh, in, in this one to the point that you made. That's what I feel most confident about when, you, when you're talking about Minnesota on the road and then Washington kind of wherever, but also at home. I mean, Minnesota on the road is a pretty good team. Like, they're a better team, in my opinion. Uh, that net rating is 2.7 versus at home, it's minus 2 um, as they're not able to play defense at home for some reason. And, and they play at that, that pace. is impossible to play defense on, I feel like. Like they play at 104 and a half pace at home, does Minnesota versus on the road where they play at 100, right? So they're just selling out at home with those games going over, over, over. Um, and, and on the road, they play with an 109 and a half defensive rating. Do the T Wolves, they figured it out a little bit more there, it seems, playing at 100 pace, right? Like four points or four possessions per 100 less when they are uh, at, when they're um, on the road versus when they play at home. So 227 just seems a little bit too high for me in this type of situation. Um, I mean, for, for the, the Wizards, um, they give up a few more points on the road and play a little bit better defense at home. Pretty much score the same amount of points. They are seven and four straight up at home. Uh, are the the Zards here, which 
again, makes me a little bit more nervous. Um, the biggest discrepancy for, for them is, is the three point shooting, which on the road, um, you know, they, they shoot way, way, way worse, uh, to the Wizards. So at home, they are taking a few more threes and making a lot more, t- uh, they shoot 39% from deep at home on 33 and a half attempts versus on the road where they shoot, uh, 27% from three to the Wizards. So a little bit better on offense at home from deep. Um, but Minnesota, I mean, they've been playing much better defense to your point, um, at, over the last six or so with that defensive rating um, and, and really uh, limiting uh, what, what they allow everybody to do down low. Um, Washington, it's not like they, they they score a lot more from anywhere more specifically than other places. They're not like great anywhere on the floor on offense as we talk about. Um, so for me, it just seems like 227 uh, and a half is kind of based on the fact that, you know, the, everyone thinks of the Timberwolves as this team that just goes, 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 and their pace on the road is faster than a lot of those anywhere in terms of 100.38 or so uh, for the T-Wolves, but 227 and a half, that three and six to the under for, for the T-Wolves when they're on the road this season, going under that total by about five points a game uh, compared to what it's set at. Uh, it, just, it just feels a little bit more like that's the, that's the value here for me. Uh, I wouldn't take the Wizards. I would definitely take the the, the um, T-Wolves before I ever put any money on those Wizards. Um, but even at home, you know, like I said, five and six for, uh, for the Wizards at home against that total as well going under. So it just seems like a ripe opportunity to, to take a little bit of an inflated total and go under it. Yeah, I see what you mean about the Wizards. It's like anything you would expect rest disadvantage they're better than with a rest advantage no rest they're better than normal than long rest like they just they make no sense from a trends perspective um i will say that their record at home i think at least a few of those games were circumstantial like memphis resting job because they have a more important game the next one like luca being exhausted on a road trip and not able to carry the Mavs. it's like people don't take the wizards seriously because it's just they're just meh it's just like, oh, we got a meh game at at this Eastern Conference middling team. Uh, but I I think Minnesota can't afford to do that. Um, and the fact that they lost at Charlotte, another meh team, should have – and then go ahead and get stomped by Golden State. They should be on their game is what I'm hoping for, trying to get back to where, where they were at when they won five straight – in you know games they were supposed to handle business in and um i mean this one with the with the advantage you have down low you know you touched on a little bit good defending the paint was washington until recently given up 51 paint points their last three um and not good scoring in the paint especially at home and they're scoring six points fewer down low uh that's the fifth lowest 45 per game is the fifth lowest in the league um so i mean i think there's advantages to press in a lot of places here for many uh, and the fact that they have lost five straight to these to these wizards, uh, hopefully, you know, we're getting on the on the upswing of that trend. They're they're due. Um, the fact that they have gone over in five straight against these wizards, but this is a different team. This is a Rudy Gobert led team that we've already seen tend to go under far more often than last year. So yeah, I think Wolves in a close game in a, in a lower scoring game is where we lean on this one. Yeah, and you can you you can use those clutch numbers that you mentioned for Minnesota, especially as of late. If you do feel like this will be a close one, I I don't see a blowout on either side of the ball with the way that that uh, Minnesota plays on the road as well. So, uh, if, but the Wizards are just like purgatory, man. They're just kind of there. It's like, yeah, they're not great, they're not bad, they're not great. Like they're just kind of there, you know. So you're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. 
then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, I'm going I'm going to follow the minutes here with Mikel Bridges. I expect him to play close to 40 minutes chasing around De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. And if he gets that amount of time, 15 and a half points seems low. 23 and a half PRA might be even more tempting because he is a guy that can fill it up uh, and starting to see a much bigger role for the Suns, especially with CP3 out. His last nine games is averaging nearly 18 points, five and a half rebounds, and four assists, and extremely efficient. Continues to take a leap on offense every year. He's shooting 50, 45, and 93 in that span, playing 38 minutes per game, like I'm saying. Uh, without CP3 since last year, his assists jump one and a half from two to three and a half. His points jump two from 13 to 15.4. And his last three in Sacramento, like I'm saying, he's playing at least 40 minutes per game, scoring nearly 22. Actually, the last time he was there was an overtime game. They lost. He played 50 minutes. Nobody else on the Suns played over 37. Devin Booker got 37 in the overtime game. So Bridges scored 27 points in those 50 minutes guarding uh, De'Aaron Fox that entire time, basically. And yeah, a little bit more production on the road since last season as well. A little bit higher usage rate. Possibly because the Suns get into closer games. And this is a pick em line, basically. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see either team run away with it. I think Mikel will uh, come through with you for you on those peripheral stats. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we mentioned it in that game video talking about Phoenix. Mikhail's been playing the most amount of minutes since CP3 and out. I mean, most amount of minutes on the team this season. Um, and yeah, he's in there for defensive purposes, does not seem to get tired, and has been hitting that corner three, especially uh, at a very nice rate this season to be able to keep that total three-point percentage at 45 for the man. Uh, very, very impressive so far what he's been able to do. And basically the second best player on this team for them without CP3 in the game after book. So uh, MVP, MVP, SGA, that is my second pick here i mean there's only a few people that we would consistently be like yeah take over 30 and a half points for this person <laughs> right and i think steph is there luca's there sga is there uh maybe jay tatum but i don't know if there's too many other guys in the league right now that we'd be like yeah 30 go ahead don't even think about it minus 105 for him to get over 30 in this one you could take the pra it's at 41 and a half get slightly worse juice at minus 115 on DraftKings there if you take the points rebounds and assists combined He's been doing it all, but I mean, the points is really what what stands out to you. Obviously, 30 plus in eight of his last 10 games, uh, last two versus New Orleans, 32 and a half a game. Uh, his splits there are 47% from the field, 39 from three. He's only taken like a couple threes a game, getting more than half of his points in the paint this season, which is pretty wild. Uh, New Orleans, not impressive in terms of defending the paint this season at all. Uh, Zion in there now. I don't know if that helps or hurt. They have a better defensive rating with him this season in a small sample size due to the 
Pelis, but I'm not really that concerned about it. Uh, SGA is also getting to the line. 22. He's he's gotten 22 free throw attempts over those last two versus the Pelis in 36 minutes a game. That's a, with a 36% usage rate as well against those Pelis, which is basically what he's doing this season. Uh, for uh, And especially on the road, that usage jumps up to 34%, which is where they're playing this one, versus 31% at home. Still very high. Uh, averaging 32 a game, slightly more on the road. Slightly better splits, 52% from the field, 39% uh, from three for SGA this season on the road. So this is just a, a good opportunity, and I like the fact that you basically get even money for him to get 31 points, which, like, like I've said, he's done eight of his last 10 games out. Yeah, the Thunder are playing tons of shootouts in that span, yeah. and Memphis just put up 133, I think, on New Orleans without C.J. McCollum, who I guess is kind of integral to their perimeter defense. Or just you know they didn't they didn't have that leadership out there to hold it together. Uh, I mean SGA yeah just massive usage rate thirty four percent usage on the road and scoring thirty two points per game off that. So I mean yeah I think but rather over than under for sure. Um, going back to another game we did a game video about the Wolves at the Wizards and Rudy Gobert's rebounding prop is down a little bit actually eleven and a half. Um, in a game where we expect a ton of bricks. I mean, Washington is 21st in shooting efficiency. Been worse than that lately. They give up the seventh most rebounds to opponents, and, and their rebounding rate has been particularly bad lately. In his last four versus the Wizards, uh, Gobert, 13 points per game, 14 rebounds per game. He's actually been dependent on even more to rebound now that he's with the Wolves than the Jazz because they're struggling overall as a team to, to board up. And so in his last three, he's getting 14 per game along with nearly 16 points. Uh, I'm kind of shying away from the points because we both kind of like under in this game and we don't mm-hmm. necessarily expect there to be some easy buckets down low. But I do expect there to be plenty to clean up. And like the last time he faced the Wizards, he had 19 rebounds as they you know built a house of bricks there. In DC, uh, I will take Gobert over eleven and a half rebounds with confidence. Yeah, that's fine. It's not. It's not that many, man. So I, I, there's no reason not to feel bad. Uh, to feel bad in any way about that one. Um, yeah, for for Rudy, it's rebounds, 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 and yeah. I mean, they play slower. I don't like the points either. Um, but I think we can depend on a few bricks uh, as well, and just a few more shots from Washington. So uh, I'm gonna finish things off. We're trying to find. We, we were talking about this beforehand uh, and looking at that Pacers and Lakers game with the team that plays the fastest in the Lakers, team that plays the fifth fastest in the uh, Pacers there, and trying to find some overs after. Uh, the Lakers just gave up 138 points to the Spurs without uh, Anthony Davis playing again. He's questionable. Not sure if we'll see him again. I, it sucks. I'll just bring it up. He got hurt trying to help LeBron up. It was a total wild fluke thing and weird, total Anthony Davis style. But he should be back before long. It's not going to be too serious. It's just when he's not in, I feel good about taking a Miles Turner over. Uh, and Turner's been playing a lot better lately after he, he's come back from injury. I, I, it's I I, I I he could be on the Lakers and they would be better. I, I don't know why he's still not a Laker. That's really why we want to talk about this this prop. It was either him or Buddy Heald as two guys that have been linked to the Lakers for years now. Um, and and I think we know that both of them would be helpful. At least Miles Turner, especially fifteen and a half points, eight and a half boards at plus one twenty. I'm really interested in the boards, um, but I would probably take either of those. Uh, in his last five, he is averaging about eighteen points, seven and a half boards. He's also got the two blocks where you don't really get much uh, juice there. As if he gets two blocks in this one, it's minus one eighty for him on that. As they're really expecting him to do that, so uh, I might stay away from those. But the thirty minutes a game that he's been getting, actually upping that those minutes 
and, and that usage steadily over the course of the last like five or six games that he's been back. Um, as I mentioned, with that pace and with the amount of field goal attempts that are going up each game, with the fact that Russell Westbrook will probably be putting up a few more shot attempts without uh, without AD in there to command the ball from him, uh, even though LeBron's in there, uh, I, I think that this this does lend itself to an opportunity to either take 16 points from Miles Turner, which does feel a little bit easier and more likely, but if he gets nine boards at plus 120, if he's averaging about eight already, I'm happy to, to, to put a little bit on one more board to come in a game that's going to have a ton of shots put up. Yeah, it was crazy how much worse the Lakers' defense was without AD in the same exact matchup in San Antonio. They gave, they gave up 138 and 17 offensive rebounds to probably the worst offensive rebounding team of the last three years. Uh, so Miles Turner could be able to gobble some of that. He could have some extra motivation considering he publicly was like, yeah, the Lakers should definitely trade for me. I'd be a, a huge asset. Um, so he's going to go out there and try to prove that. And look, if 80's out, I think you can take some overs all over the place, including 232 for this game total. These are the first and fifth fastest paced teams. Look at some Halliburton overs maybe um, and, and just hammer it that way. But uh, yeah, I think we should see some some good points here scored tonight. Yeah. Yeah. The Lakers told you how they're going to play this season and they're not changing it up. And that's in part because Russ Westbrook is now on that second unit, which means no, at no point in this game will there be uh, somebody who's not playing at a frenetic pace between he, Lonnie Walker, and even LeBron at this point who's pushing and going. So yeah, points, 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 hit some stuff in that game for some overs. That is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us coming back to you each and every weekday this regular season. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>